Hello and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen to this message, it helps you grow closer to God and inspires you to live like Jesus. Thanks for listening. Here's the message. But hey, we're everyone, we're excited to have all of you with us today. I believe the Lord's going to do something amazing in this room. I just want to ask you from the beginning, get your heart ready, okay? Get your heart ready, allow the Lord to speak to you. And uh, we're in a series called Little Foxes, and we get this series from Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15, that says, Catch the foxes, the little foxes that destroy the vineyards. And today we're going to look at a, I remember when we talk about little foxes, there is no such thing as a little sin, right? All sin is sin that separates us from God. But today we're going to look at another little fox that I believe is wreaking as much havoc as anything in the church today. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16, and we'll pick it up in verse four, but we'll get there in just a moment. But before we read that, let me give you just a little background of what's been happening in this story. Our, our main character in this story is named Samson. Uh, we first see Samson in, in Judges chapter 13, really at the announcement of his birth and at his birth. And Samson was born at a time that Israel was in a very, very dark season. They were oppressed and they were under captivity of the Philistines. Now, Samson was God's chosen man for this time and for this season. He, God had a tremendous plan for the life of Samson. Um, God was going to use him. He had a purpose and uh, he was going to use him. God was going to use Samson to liberate uh, the people of Israel from the Philistines. But before I go any further, let me just tell, just like Samson, every single one of you in this room, God has a plan for your life. God has chosen you. God has picked you. God has a purpose for you. God has a plan for your life. You too are God's masterpiece, just as Samson was God's masterpiece, you too are his masterpiece. And I want you to hear me today. Satan, this is why he tries to bring little foxes into your life. Because he wants to destroy, he's, he's not so much after you as he is after God. He wants to destroy and wreak havoc in God's masterpiece. And so we see this man, Samson, he could be, he would be what you would call the biblical Hercules, Right? He was incredibly strong, physically strong. He was chosen by God, but there was a problem. He was very weak in character. And one of Samson's biggest flaws, you could say it's the flaw of probably many men, but one of Samson's biggest flaws was he was very fond of the women of the Philistine nation. But the problem is, it's not that he was fond of a woman the problem is he was fond of, his, of a woman who was of the enemy nation. And that's one of the things I've figured out with Satan. Is Satan wants to make you friends with what you should be an enemy of. Let me say that again. Satan wants to make you friends with what you should be an enemy of. Of that which you should hate. And what he's doing to Samson is he is making him a friend of the enemy. Let's fast forward to this story in Judges chapter 16, verse four. I'm gonna read verse four through nine, then verse 15 through 20. Sometime later, he, speaking of Samson, fell in love with a woman in the valley of Sarek, whose name was Delilah. The ruler of the Philistines went to her and said, listen here, see if you can lure him 
into showing you the secret of his great strength and how we can overpower him so we can tie him up and subdue him. That is what the enemy wants to do to you. Each one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, tell me your secret of your great strength and how you can be tied up and subdued. And Samson answered, and if you look back in Judges chapter 13, you see the real source of his strength. So he lies here. He says, if anyone ties me with seven fresh bowstrings that have not been dried, I'll become as weak as any other man. Then the Philistines, the rulers of the Philistines brought her seven fresh bowstrings that had not been dried and she tied him with them. How? This man must be a sound sleeper. I mean, that's one of Samson's biggest problems is man, he goes to sleep and he's out hard, all right? With men hiding in the room, she called to him, Samson, the Philistines are upon you, but he snapped the bowstrings as easily as a piece of string when it comes close to a flame. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. And this happens two more times where he gives her something incorrect and, and he breaks it and runs to victory, right? Let's skip ahead to verse 15. Then she said to him, how can you say I love you when you won't confide in me? This is the third time you've made a fool of me and haven't told me the secret of your great strength. Look at verse 16. With such nagging, and that's another thing the enemy does to you, she prodded him day after day until he was sick to death of it. And verse 17 says, so he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I've been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, come back once more, he's told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. And listen to verse 19. After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair and so began to subdue him. And his strength left him. Then she called Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He woke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the strength from the Lord had left him. To me, this is one of the most tragic stories in all of the Bible. Not just because of the sin. Obviously, there's sin. And that's sad in and of itself. But Samson had no idea that the Lord had left him. And I believe, Destiny Church, I believe, those in the room, those watching online, I believe if we continue to allow little foxes to wreak havoc in our lives, the enemy will subdue us and destroy us. And very specifically, if we continue to allow today's little fox that we're gonna deal with, I'm gonna reveal it to you in just a moment. If we continue to allow the little foxes in our life, they're gonna destroy us. Song of Solomon said, catch the foxes, the little foxes that are destroying the vineyards. Let's pray. Father, I come before you and I ask you in these next few moments, Lord, I, I've sensed your presence since I woke up this morning. Yet at the same time, I'm just overwhelmed with an urgency. And so Lord, would you speak in this room? Would you open our hearts? Would you soften our hearts? Would you remove our fears, Lord? Would you remove anything that would distract us? 
Would you silence the voice of the enemy? Would you give every one of us a heart, not just to say, yes, that's me, but Lord, today we need to respond. And today you're calling us to respond. So Lord, we want to deal with this today. In Jesus' name we pray, everybody said, amen. Now, before we go any further, and I've looked across the room, I do want to issue a warning for any kids that are in the room. Today's going to be a straightforward message, okay? Um, it's going to be truth-filled. It's going to be full of grace. Um, but we're going to deal with some sensitive issues today, a sensitive issue. And so if any point in time, if you feel like, I, I think kids need to hear this message, um, but if you feel like it's too much for your kids, I understand. But mom and dad, I just felt like I wanted to make you aware before I deliver this message today. Galatians chapter five, verse 19 and 20 says this, the desires, and that first word there, the desires is important. Um, the desires of your sinful nature are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Listen to this. That just described America. It just lays it out. Listen to what it says. Listen to what it says here. We don't like to preach this part of scripture. Let me tell you again. We don't, we don't deal with this. We don't say this in the church today. As I have before, anyone living that sort of life will not, will not inherit the kingdom of God. Will not. We like to play with it. We like to tiptoe around this subject. But first of all, let me tell you what's at stake with these little foxes that are destroying the vineyards. The kingdom of God is at stake. We are in a battle. This is not a game. We're not playing tiptoe through the tulips. We're not playing connect four. We're not playing hopscotch. We're in a battle against the enemy. And he's out for our souls and he wants to destroy you. And this, the very kingdom of God is at stake with what we're dealing with here. The kingdom of God, not just our eternal future, but the kingdom of God here. God wants to do the kingdom things on this earth today. He wants to do kingdom work today. Miracles, salvations, healings, all of that. He wants to do it. But the church, we're too wrapped up in little foxes, sins, and God's hands are tied up. So the kingdom of God is at stake, not just on earth, but our eternal future as well. And so just everyone is clear today, in our culture today, what we've tried to do is we've tried to redefine sin. Hello? Yeah. We've tried to redefine it and we've looked at scripture and it's like we've taken a black marker and we've just started marking things off. That doesn't line up with my desires. Because you see, the problem is our desires. We're gonna look at that in just a moment. But that doesn't line up with my desire. That doesn't line up with my want. That doesn't line up with my wish. So we, don't, so we just kind of remove it and we try to redefine it and say that's not sin. And what's happened is we've become tolerant. And we've tried to blend in and look like the world. But here's what I want to tell you, and this is going to be on the screen today. Sin then equals sin today. Sin then equals sin today. And sin, according to Scripture, separates us from God. Not just today, but eternally. This is a heavy issue. 
we have to deal with it, we have to get rid of it. Scripture is very clear, if we don't get rid of it, it's gonna separate us from God. We will not inherit the kingdom of God. So today we're gonna deal with what I believe to be, if not the number one little fox in the church today, it's up there in the top five. We're gonna deal with sexual sin. First Corinthians chapter six, verse 18 tells us, run from sexual sin. Listen to what it says here. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. Run from sexual sin. Please hear me. I wanna just, I wanna just navigate through this as, I, I'm gonna preach probably a little longer today. All right, uh, so give me some time here. But sexual sins are not to be taken lightly. And sadly, I think the church as a whole, we've known this. We've known that we should not play games with sexual sin, but for some reason, we've been afraid to deal with this topic. It's been taboo. It's, I don't know why, but this is a subject that does not need to be ignored or skipped over. The church needs to address it, but mom and dad, let me tell you, you need to address it in your home. Men, you need to address it in your own life. Women, you need to address it in your own life. You need to address it in your marriage. And you need to address it with your kids. Don't gloss over it. Don't ignore it. Don't act like your family doesn't have sexual issues in it. Okay? Catch the little foxes that are destroying the vineyards. And that's what sexual sins do to us. They destroy something inside of us. Scripture is very clear on that. They destroy something in us emotionally, physically, relationally, spiritually, they destroy something in us. And that's Satan's ultimate goal, to destroy your capacity for intimacy with God and with people. And I believe at the core of a lot of sexual sins that we're dealing with today is one primary issue, and this is the issue we're gonna deal with today, and that's pornography. You could say that porn is the church's Delilah. Just as Delilah succeeded in putting in Samson in chains, porn is today's Delilah that's putting the church in chains. We're laying our head on the lap of sin and we're finding ourselves bound by chains. Check out these disturbing stats concerning pornography. Over 40 million Americans now regularly visit porn sites. There are just around 42 million porn websites now which totals around 370 million pages of pornography. The, porn's in, the porn industry, their annual revenue, listen to this, is now more than the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball combined. Not only that, their revenue is more combined than the revenues of NBC, ABC, and CBS. 47% of families believe that pornography is a problem in their home. Pornography use increases marital infidelity by more than 300%. 11. Everybody say 11. 11 is the average age that a child is first exposed to porn. And listen to this. And 94% of children, listen to me, catch the little foxes, church. 94% of children will see porn by the age of 14. 50% of American divorces involve one party having an obsessive interest in pornographic websites. Listen to this. 68% of church-going men and over 50% of pastors view porn 
on a regular basis. Let me say it again. 68% of men and over 50% of pastors regularly view porn. Of young adults, young Christian adults, 18 to 24 years of age, so just out of high school, 76% of them say they actively search for porn. 59% of pastors said that married men come to their office and say, please help me, I'm addicted to porn. 33% of women under the age of 25 say they search for porn regularly. Only 13%, you see, used to, I thought pornography was a man problem. It's a problem. Only 13% of identified Christian women say they have never watched porn. 87% of women have watched pornography. 55% of married men and 25% of married women say they watch pornography at least once a month. 57% of pastors say that porn addiction is the most damaging issue in their church and 69% say that porn has adversely impacted their church. And many of us, what we say is porn is just an innocent thing because it doesn't involve anyone. Many of us even rationalize our use of porn and we say it's not hurting anybody. It's just me and my computer screen. It's just me and my TV. It's just me and my phone. I wanna tell you, it's not innocent fun that you deserve. It's not innocent fun that helps you relax. It's a lie from the enemy. Studies show... I'm just giving you some facts about pornography. Studies show, and these aren't just church studies, scientists, psychologists, and doctors have all come together and agreed. They now say that porn does damage. And, and, and this is some of the things it says. It decreases sexual satisfaction with your spouse. So one thing, number one leading things. They say pornography disconnects you from real relationships. And one, in fact, one researcher said this, and listen, this is pretty straightforward. We might say the real problem with pornography isn't that it shows too much sex, but it doesn't show enough sex. It, pornography cannot possibly give us an experience of real intimacy. Porn treats sex one-dimensionally and it packages it in pixels and it rips it from its relational context. It only titillates with us with images of sex, but cannot offer the experience of closeness and oneness that we really desire from God. Another way that porn, porn harms us is it lowers the view of the opposite sex for us. It dehumanizes them. This one right here, when I, I've studied this and I, and I spent a lot of time crying in my office this week, I have to say. This one here bothered me. Porn, pornography desensitizes us to sexual violence, rape, and sexual cruelty. And lastly, and this one's pretty obvious, but watching pornography causes us to become addicted to porn but even more, pornography it releases a toxin in our blood and we become captive to porn, to lust, to sexual addiction, and even sexual disorder. Another thing that I found as I was studying this porn, literally, and this won't be on the screen, porn literally sears something into your brain and it numbs your conscience and it numbs you from guilt. This is a scientific fact. Scientists now say, doctors now say, they can take a porn addict and they can scan their brain and in the right lobe of their brain, they can find images, not like physical images, but they can see where porn has damaged your brain. So porn is not innocent little fun. Porn poisons what's real. It distorts what's pure. It dishonors God and it robs us of what we really want and what we were really created for and that's intimacy. Not just sexually, 
but relationally and spiritually as well. And what I want to do today is I want to show you that sexual sins and pornography are a vicious cycle and it's repetitive and I want to get you off the wheel today. And it's destroying, it's doing damage, it's doing destruction. And James chapter one, verse 14 and 15 paints a picture of this vicious cycle. I want to read it to you today. James 1, 14 and 15. But each one is tempted when he is dragged away, enticed and baited to commit sin by his own worldly desire, lust and passion. Then when illicit desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin has run its course, it gives birth to death. I didn't read it, but verse 13 says, no, no man can say that God tempts them because God did not tempt. But instead, verse 14 clearly points a picture of where temptation comes from. James says, it all starts with desire. And the first stage of this vicious cycle of sin, this vicious cycle of porn addiction starts with desire. Everybody say desire. The, word, the original Greek word for desire is the word epithemia. And it means desire, craving, lust for that which is forbidden. And guess what? All of you, in your natural DNA, you have a lust for that which is forbidden. Your human nature, your DNA, you have a desire for that which is forbidden. It is your desire though. So you have to recognize it. You have to take responsibility for it. You can't point fingers, it's your desire. Your desire is what drags you away. Your desire, it's not God. It's your desire. But before I go any further, I want you to hear me. Because I think what we do is we come against sex. And I want to tell you, we say we shouldn't desire sex, but to desire sex in the way that God designed it is not lust and it is not forbidden. Let me say it again. I'm not telling you today that you should not desire sex. I'm not saying that. It is not wrong to desire to be intimate with your spouse. And oftentimes the church has preached that we shouldn't have erotic desires. And I understand maybe why we've said we shouldn't have erotic desires, but the word erotic comes from the word eros. Eros is a kind of love that has been given to us by God. The problem is Satan takes what God gives us and he perverts it. Satan takes what is good from God and he makes it evil. And so the church, what we've done is we've stood on stages and we've said sex is evil, sex is evil. And then what we do is we produce people in our churches and when they get married, they think, now I'm doing that which is evil. It is not wrong to desire sex. Eros, sexual desire is not wrong. In fact, it's good, it's holy. It was created by God and all the men said, Amen. All right, but listen to me. But when this desire is aimed at the wrong target, someone or something that is not your spouse, let me say it again. When this desire is aimed at the wrong target, someone or something that is not your spouse, when it's distorted, when it's disturbed, when it's misrepresented, problems arise and sin enters the picture. And that's where we find ourselves. But notice what James says. We are dragged away by our own worldly desire. That says it perfectly. I want you to hear me. No one outside of you is forcing you. It's your own lust. 
It's your own worldly desires. It's your own sinful desires. Matthew, Jesus says this in Matthew 15. For out of your heart comes evil thoughts, plans, murders, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander, verbal abuse, irreverent speech, and blasphemy. It's not all the devil's fault. It's definitely not God's fault. It's your desires. It's your desires. But our desires lead to the second thing, which is enticement. This is really where the devil begins to ramp up his game. He lets your desires run wild, all while he's just sitting back and saying, I got them. He's enticing you. And James 1.14 says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire. The word entice comes from the Greek word deliazo. It means to entrap or to allure or to throw a hook. Now I have a fishing pole back there, but I, I forgot to bring it up here, so we're not gonna use it. <laughs> but listen to me, this is what the Philistine leaders asked Delilah to do to Samson. See if you can throw a hook. See if you can entice him. See if you can allure him to tell you the source of his strength. And that's what Satan does to you. He wants you to allure you. He wants to entice you to where you will tell him the source of your strength. He wants you to give up the source of your strength. He wants you to give up what God has given to you. He wants to do something that will lead to your destruction. And guess what today? Satan knows exactly where you're weak. He knows exactly where you're vulnerable. And he puts the right temptation just in front of you. He knows your desires. He customizes it. He tailors it to fit you. You know, I don't know a whole lot about fishing, but I know that bass like something different than a crappie does. And when you're going bass fishing, you don't use a crappie lure. Why? Because it's designed to attract them. And that's what Satan does to you. He knows exactly what you desire. He knows exactly what you want. And he's just throwing lures and he keeps throwing them. You're like, oh, that one doesn't bother me. Guess what? Satan never stops throwing lures. And then one of these days, he's like, yep, got him now. He entices. He gets our desires. He lets that run wild in us. But then he starts throwing hooks. Now let's see what I can do to him. And guess what? It's working. Porn sites now have more visitors each month than Netflix, Amazon, Amazon Video, and Twitter combined. Every second, 63,992 new visitors arrive at porn sites. 35% of people who regularly view pornography have extramarital affairs. It's an epidemic. It's a little fox. And it's destroying men, women, and children. And that's why we have to take it seriously. Number three, conception. Let me state this here as plainly as I can. When the inner desires of man aren't put under the authority and lordship of Jesus Christ. Let me say this again. When the inner desires of man aren't put under the authority and lordships of Jesus and those desires respond to the enticements of our spiritual enemy, conception happens. It's not just innocent fun that's taking place. No, what's happened is you've bit the lure. You bit the lure. You've laid your head in the lap of Delilah. You've surrendered to your desires. And I want to say this. I don't say this for dramatic effect, but this is what the Lord told me. See what happens when you allow your desires to drag you away and entice you? What happens is you conceive the enemy's baby. 
See, this is the baby that we want to throw showers for. This isn't a baby we want to celebrate. This is a baby we don't want to carry. Why? Because it births sin. And sin, when it's fully grown, and this is Satan's ultimate goal, number four, it leads to destruction, it leads to death. Please hear me today. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic. I'm simply wanting to give you the facts. Satan wants to kill you. Not physically. I I don't think he cares if you live and breathe. I don't. I think he's concerned with your soul because your soul is ultimately the thing that matters. Not your physical body. All of us, our physical body is gonna pass away, but our soul is gonna live forever. There's eternity. James 1.15, when illicit desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin has run its course, it gives birth to death. Listen to me today. Porn is not your innocent little friend. The sexual sins you're engaged in are not innocent. They're separating you from Jesus. Satan and his minions, they have one goal and one goal alone, and that's the destruction of your soul. It's the destruction of your soul. And stats prove, listen to me, stats prove that he's doing an incredible job of destroying men, women, and children. Listen to this. Listen to this, church. A recent study asked parents, how many of you believe that your children have seen porn? 75% of Christian parents said, I don't believe my child has seen porn. Of that 75%, when they asked their kids, 53% of them said they view porn regularly. And here's what our kids are looking for when they're looking for porn. This is study of kids looking at porn. Four things. They're trying to find new ways to do things sexually. They're learning about sex generally because mom and dad won't talk to them about it. They're learning how to get better at sex and they're learning what people expect from them. Catch the little foxes, mom and dad. The little foxes that are destroying the vineyards. So you see this cycle taking place right here. Pastor Chad, this is a vicious cycle. It's destroying men, women, children, families. It leads to death. It's destroying us. How do we break it? How do we break this vicious cycle? Let me give you four ways and then we'll close. Galatians 5, 16 through 18. I say this to you, let the Holy Spirit lead you in this, in each step. How do we break this cycle? We've got to get the Holy Spirit involved. Then you will not please your old sinful selves. The things, are, the things our old selves want to do are against what the Holy Spirit wants. The Holy Spirit does not agree with what our sinful selves want. These two are against each other. So you cannot do what you want to do. If you let the Holy Spirit lead you though, the law has no longer power over you. The word promises us when we allow the Holy Spirit to take control, he'll lead us to victory. And listen to me, this is our goal today. We don't want to just simply stop watching pornography. We don't want to just simply stop engaging in sexual sin. We want a new life that can come to us only from the Holy Spirit. Let me say it again. We don't simply want to, okay, I stopped watching porn, but we're still overwhelmed with the desires. Okay? No, we want a new life with new desires. And that comes to us, Scripture tells us, Galatians 5, that comes to us from the Holy Spirit. So how do we become new men from the inside, new men, new women, new children from the inside out? Four quick ways. Number one, it starts with confession. Everybody say confession. To God first. The Bible tells us in 1 John 1, 9, if we admit our sins, if we confess, simply come clean about them, he won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive us our sins and purge us from all of our wrongdoing. Aren't you thankful for that? No shame, no condemnation, just forgiveness. Powerful. 
And when we confess, the Bible tells us he's faithful, he hears, he forgives, and he cleanses. So we confess to God for forgiveness. But number two, James 5.16 tells us we confess to people for healing. There's two different ways here confession happens. Number one, to God for forgiveness. But number two, if we want to get over it, if we want to come clean, if we want to get healed, we don't simply say in, in silence, God, forgive me. No, we stand up in front of people and say, Lord, forgive me. That's what it says. It starts with confession, number one. It leads me to our second thought for us today to become new from the inside. The second step is community. If you're gonna be free from pornography and sexual addiction, you need a good biblical community around you. you need, it goes right along with confession to others. I need biblical community. Dr. Alice Co Dr. Al Cooper, a psychologist, believes there are three main factors that draw people into pornography and sexual sin. That's what he says. Anonymity, accessibility, and affordability. He said, these are like a three-legged stool. And he says, if you want to defeat sexual sin and pornography, you need to cut at least one leg off of this three-legged stool. You know, I think the easiest leg to cut off is anonymity but we need accountability. We need community. You cannot be free sexually all by yourself. You need biblical community. That's why the Bible tells us iron sharpens iron. But a little disclaimer here, okay? A little disclaimer. If you're gonna be accountable to people, get the right people. Yes. Don't just go tell anybody in the church, hey, I'm addicted to pornography, okay? Don't tell a person of the opposite sex unless it's your spouse. But find somebody that will hold you accountable. You need biblical community. Number one, we confess. Number two, we need community. Number three, we need confines. What's confines? We need curbs. We need guardrails. Right? We need boundaries. First Thessalonians 5.22 says, keep away from every kind of evil. We need to put some strict boundaries in place. Samson, after the first time he and Delilah got together, after the first time that they laid down together and she tried to tie him up, you know what he needed to do? He needed to get his head out of her lap and say, this woman's crazy and she's trying to destroy me and he needed to run, forest, run, right? <laughs> run! Run! You need to put some boundaries in place. You know those annoying boundaries on the road when you're driving down the road and you get over just a too, far too right, just pop, 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 pop. You're like, oh. We need some of those in our lives spiritually. I need some people in my life that when I get off track, they'll go pop, 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 pop. Chad, you need to get back in place. You need some boundaries. You need some people that'll hold you accountable. And guess what? We've got some boundaries for you pull up this screen right here. There's going to be a QR code right here. You can take a picture of, if you're struggling with this, take a picture of it. Some of you are like, I'm not letting anybody. If you're struggling with it and you want help, take a picture of the QR code. I'm going to wait for people to pull out their phones. Take a picture of this right here. Say, if, you're, if your neighbor looks at you, it's not for me, it's my kid. I don't care. Just take a picture of it. <laughs> you need help. We've got resources available for you. I want you to be set free today. But not only that, not only is there resources there, there's a place at the bottom where if you're really struggling with it, you say, Pastor Chad, I really do want free from this. There's a spot where you can fill out something. It'll come straight to my desk. Listen to me. I'm gonna help you find freedom. I'm not playing with this. We're cutting the head off the snake. 
You need some boundaries. Listen to me, here's a, here's a simple boundary. Cancel the HBO package on your TV. Simple boundary. Cancel Skinamax. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Put some blockers on your phone. Get rid of your phone. Go to a flip phone. I don't care. Put some blo- blockers on your home computer. Boundaries. Boundaries. Come up with them. Get serious about it. Listen to me. If you need to, go to rehab. If you're dead serious about, hey, listen to me. Listen to me. This is something the Lord's... Man, sir. Dad, if you don't deal with this, listen to me. This is for men very specifically. If you don't deal with this, this is going to be a snake that's going to run wild in your house and your little boys. Your little boys. This is going to be a sexual... This is going to be a curse that's passed down. This is what the Lord's telling me right now. Some of you, you want to pass down good gifts and good blessings to your kids, right? Some of you need to deal with the sexual sins that are in your life that you think are hidden and in private. And they might be. Nobody might ever catch you. They might not ever catch you. But they're going to catch your son. And it's going to destroy his marriage. And you could have cut it off today. So take a picture of the QR code and get some help. And number four, and I close, you need consistency. We can't become the new person that God has called us to be if we aren't consistent in the word of God. The word of God is the source of our greatest strength. That's why the enemy wants you to stop reading the word. That's what he does. You need to be consistent in the word. Proverbs 4.20 says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let my words, this is the word of God, penetrate deep into your heart. Listen to what the word does. For the word brings life to those who find them and it brings healing to their whole body. Consistent time in the word of God brings healing to you. Consistent time in the word of God brings healing to you. But not only do we want to be consistent in the word, we want to be consistent in prayer. But let me just, let me just talk to you a little bit. You need to also be consistent in your biblical community. I'm telling you, people that I watch not faithfully attending church are getting knocked out. You need to be faithful. You need to be consistent in the house of God. That's why, bring up that QR code again. That's why some of you need to take that right there because listen to me, I'm not just telling you how to get set free. I'm willing, and I've had men and women come to me and say, Pastor Chad, if they'll fill out that, if they'll go to that QR code and fill out that page at the bottom of it, I will sit down with them and help them lead them to freedom. So this is, you need to be consistent in biblical community. You need help, you do this. We need to do this. Ultimately, here's my goal today. And Josh, we can just leave that up. The rest of the service. Ultimately, what I want to do today is if this, if you're struggling with porn, if you're struggling with sin, number one, don't let condemnation and shame. Those are tools of the enemy. Keep you from finding freedom. We see in Genesis that God and Adam and Eve had an intimate relationship. And Adam and Eve walked naked in the wilderness with God. And the Bible says they were naked and they felt no shame. And then Adam and Eve sinned. And it says, when they sinned, they ran and hid from God. And when God came and found them, he said, why are you hiding? They said, because we're naked and we're ashamed. Sin makes you hide from God. Sin makes you feel shame. Adam and Eve felt shame. I want you to hear me today. There is no shame and no condemnation in this room. I don't condemn you. I don't shame you. I want you to know, I as your pastor, 
Not now, but in my past, I struggled with pornography. I looked at things I shouldn't look at and it damaged me and it damaged relationships. But the Lord set me free from that, okay? So I'm not, I'm not up here saying I've never done this, but come get help. I've, I've walked through it, okay? And I'm just telling you, if I, don't put, if I don't consistently stay connected to the word and connected to the church, connected to the body of Christ and people in my life, you know, I'm selfish. Some of the reasons I have time, uh, Bible study groups and prayer times with other guys is why it just holds me accountable. And if I don't do that, man, the enemy comes back like a flood and he tries to attack me and destroy me. Okay? So there's no shame, no condemnation. But number two, I want you to know you're not alone. Number one, God's right here for you. But number two, I promise you, stats prove it. I promise you what the Lord's whispered to my heart. There are more than 50% of you in this room who struggle with this today. You're not alone. In a moment, we're gonna see who's serious about getting freedom. Because see what the enemy does, what the enemy does is he comes and he lies to us. And he says, don't, don't stand. People are gonna point fingers at you and think dirty thoughts of you. No, what I'm gonna think of you when you stand is praise God. We're cutting the head off the snake today. And it's not gonna affect your little boy. And it's not gonna destroy your marriage. And it's not gonna destroy your grandkids. And it's not gonna destroy your daughter, okay? I'm cutting the head off the snake today. So you're not alone. But number, two, number three, know that today there's hope in Jesus. There's freedom in Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Destiny Church, how to get connected or give online, visit destinychurch.me. Have a great week.